future trends, deep insights, industry leaders. This is the iGaming Next podcast with your host, Pierre Lint. Um, three, two, one. Bingo, bango, bongo. Hello, uh, Gustav. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. Uh, I... Uh... I am in my hometown, as most people. Uh, I work from Uppsala in Sweden uh, today, since uh, it's close to impossible to go to to uh, well to my office in Stockholm. But it's fine working from from home as well. Yeah, I, I must say I'm I'm getting used to this routine now. Uh, to, to be honest with you, um, so so Gustav, um, today we are discussing the Swedish online gambling regulation. Uh, and Gustav, um, uh, you're the general secretary of uh, BOS. Uh, can you introduce a little bit uh, about BOS, what you do, and, and who you are, first of all, foremost? Well, we are a traditional uh, trade association, uh, and we represent uh, both operators and suppliers uh, in Sweden. Uh, and we've been uh, operating since 2012, long before the, the famous uh, the famous licensing system in Sweden. Uh, and we represent uh, approximately 20, 20 uh, operators and suppliers. All of our operators uh, obviously have a Swedish license uh, that's mandatory for, for anyone who Mm. Who wants to be a member of Boos? Uh, our supplies are not demanded that since uh, since uh, there are in fact no B two B licenses in Sweden, at least not yet. Mm. And we uh, we advocate in well just about anything in the interest of our members, uh, uh, and that varies, of course, from time to time. Uh, what's what's on the agenda, so to speak? Great. So so Gustav. Uh... This hasn't escaped anyone in the online gaming world, obviously, that the, uh, the last year and a half or so uh, after, after the new year uh, in, in 2019, the uh, Swedish um, uh, gaming regulation came into, into play. Um, operators uh, were kind of excited. Uh, you know, finally, the, the, there was uh, um, a strict um, regulation in place to follow and to operate uh, uh, you know, legally in, in Sweden. Uh, but since then, um, a lot of things have happened, and right now there's obviously a lot of um, a lot of mistrust uh, against the regulation, and, and a lot of a lot of uh, things have happened against these um, regulated operators. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what was the intention of the regulation, and where did things start go wrong? I think the intention with the regulation to introduce a licensing system in Sweden, there were a couple of reasons for that. Uh, one reason was, and uh, one shall remember this, that the European Commission actually threatened to sue Sweden uh, at the Court of Justice in mm. Luxembourg due to in infringement of, of EU law. Uh, and um, the EU Commission decided at the uh, in the autumn of uh, 2000 and. Uh, 2015, if I uh, recall this correctly, to, to sue Sweden uh, due to infringement, uh, uh, to, a, to an infringement case. The other, and um, uh, perhaps even more important reason, was the, the lousy uh, channelization in Sweden. When it came to uh, online gambling, uh, the, well, the 
the system that the, the monopoly system that that uh, the government uh, offered to Swedish punters didn't even uh, collect half of 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 the punters. So we had actually a channelization uh, below fifty percent uh, in Sweden, and um, the the punters um, they they prefer to be elsewhere, almost anywhere, <laughs> but within the within the uh, system that was offered by by the state of Sweden at that time. So for that reason, um, the government uh, and Minister Ardalan Shakarabi took an initiative to to uh, re-regulate the Swedish market uh, with the idea to uh, offer a level playing field for for all operators that uh, complied to to uh, a harsh uh, regulation, but but nevertheless uh, a regulation that, um, a, a, at least verbally from the government, uh, should uh, offer uh, equal terms for for each and every one. Um, so that was was well the the start of everything. And then at the at the start of the of the uh, new licensing system in January two thousand and nineteen. It, it well it started quite well actually uh, when you look at the channelization, channelization figures i believe that that the channelization was uh, almost best in class uh, compared to other european jurisdictions i believe that we were we have no public uh, numbers but i believe that we were quite close to to the uk uh, channelization of approximately 95% or so uh, but, uh, uh, and I, I shall also say simultaneously, uh, and it comes as no surprise, the, the, the advertisement in the spring of, of 2019 was massive. Uh, and this caused a lot of uh, frustration uh, among, well, among many people, but uh, among politicians in particular. And um, the minister in charge, Mr. Adnan Shekarabi, decided to... Um, to take uh, a number of measures specifically targeted to, to the online industry. And that has continued uh, ever since. So we've seen that for, for a year and a half now. And um, uh, as a consequence of that, we have also seen uh, the channelization numbers drop significantly. Uh, so we started with well not 100% channelization that's impossible for for a democracy but but with very high uh, channelization figures uh, and then well at spring of 2019 later on in the spring the Swedish gambling authority presented a channelization um, estimate of 91% then at the autumn of 2019 it had dropped to approximately 85% and now uh, we've received figures from consultancy firm Copenhagen Economics that suggest that the channelization in Sweden right now is probably approximately 80, uh, 85 at the most. But one should also bear in mind that that includes all the gambling verticals, also including horse trotting, for example, that is extremely popular in Sweden. And it also is a more or less a, a monopoly channelizing approximately 98% of the, of the punters, whereas at the same time, uh, some other game gambling verticals like online casino are heavily suffering from very low uh, channelization numbers. 
Copenhagen Economics believe that the uh, channelization when it comes to online casino is 75% today. So every fourth uh, Swedish krona uh, when it comes to, uh, to uh, online casino is leaking out of the system already. And unfortunately, the, the government and the minister in charge doesn't seem to be worried about, about that channelization. We, we as well as uh, Swedish authorities have presented uh, those uh, disturbing uh, numbers to the government uh, over and over again. Uh, but what we hear is, is uh, kind of uh, sunny stories from, from uh, the government that there's not really a problem. The channelization is perfect and everything is going well when it comes to channelization. Uh, and the government ha has taken a number of initiatives that we know for sure will have a negative impact on the channelization. So it, it is uh, quite a tricky situation. Uh, we are not at this moment back to the to the numbers that we had prior to the re-regulation, but we are on a path that that eventually will lead us to to, uh, to, to a situation where we will be back on where we started uh, one and a year uh, ago. Mm. And, and um, of course, it's my task and, and my members' task to do whatever we can to um, protect the licensing system and protect the channelization. But we cannot do that should the punters leave, because what's the point for, for uh, a gambling company to apply for a license, comply with the regulation, uh, pay Swedish tax, etc., etc., if the punters have already gone elsewhere? Yeah, and this is this is such a hot potato now, and, and um, I hear what you're saying. There, there was stricter, even stricter regulation now um, during the COVID, the start of the COVID nineteen crisis, and so forth. Um, and what would you say, like how how close right now would you say that the punters are to actually withdraw from the markets? Like what, where is the uh, where is that turning point? So to say, where where does it go too far? Uh, well, as as I began with. Uh, already, we already have a 25% leakage. That's not uh, that's the the revenue, not not uh, the number of human beings that are leaking out of the system. So we, we can be quite certain that that high volume punters uh, have more or less already left the licensing system. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's uh, sorry, sorry I, I rephrased the question a bit. I I, I asked it wrong. Not not punters. Where, where will when will the operators withdraw from the uh from the from the licensing system when do they say that they have had enough it's a very good question i do not know is my mm. honest uh, reply but uh, i assume uh, as a qualified guess that uh, if you are a niche uh, operator perhaps you only operate on on uh, the online casino vertical and you are perhaps quite small and you can observe that, uh, according to Swedish legislation, it's actually not illegal to accept Swedish customers, as long as you don't use the Swedish language or, and as long as you do not use the Swedish currency. Uh, then I believe it's 
quite tempting to, to actually abandon the, the licensing system because right. after all, you can operate uh, from, well, anywhere uh, outside Sweden and uh, you can actually operate uh, and be compliant with, with Swedish legislation without a Swedish license. Mm. Uh, and I mean, what's the purpose of having a Swedish license? What's the purpose of paying the tax and, and be compliant? And when, when everything you receive from the Swedish government is uh, endless uh, complaints. And, and uh, so mm. it, it is a tricky question. Yeah. But just to, to uh, also, I really want to try to, to give you an estimate on, on when the operators are leaving. Well, so far, uh, we've only seen one or two uh, operators uh, leaving, the, leaving the market. Um, I believe that, well, 75% is not, is not uh, sustainable. Uh, and I expect the channelization to drop further. One shall bear in mind that the, the suggested new measures from the government, they haven't been uh, implemented. They are not operated uh, as we speak. They, they it's still up to the date, right? If I understand it correctly. And they shall be, shall be implemented July the 2nd. If, yeah. if uh, I don't recall this, uh, if I recall this correct. And mm. uh, they will further push uh, the punters away. Uh, and we will probably see a much lower uh, channelization in the in the autumn of, of this year and I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, a couple of operators uh, in fact leave uh, the licensing market by the autumn of, of this year mm. uh, I would expect those operators to be niche operators uh, and, and not the not the big elephants in the room, but, mm. but rather rather small ones. Yeah. So let's say that you you are Ardalan Shakarabi, uh, now the the minister who is in charge of the of the licensing system. Um, so from his perspective, uh, obviously he is answering he's answering to his voters, and and um, as you mentioned earlier, the a, a big part of this problem is the fact that the question itself is so infected in the Swedish. Um, kind of uh, culture at the moment due to this like massive uh, mark massive aggressive marketing that we saw uh, last year um, so having the so, so from his perspective kind of uh, you know whenever he in whenever he restricts the online gaming world like uh, that is obviously scoring political points which is what uh, what he lives and dies of so to say um, and it's easy points to score and um, it's not really that the online gaming companies have um, a lot of empathy uh, to, uh, from the general public. So how do you create a voice to, to the minister and how do you actually reach through with this message and um, kind of go against this uh, easy political points that he is trying to score? It is, of course, a difficult task. And one reason why it is so difficult is that the kind of, well, I, I believe that we are, as industry are often extremely focused on facts, 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 and facts. Yeah. Uh, we, can, we can produce all kind of uh, fact-based material regarding customer protection, channelization, uh, et cetera, et cetera. 
but the industry that that we work within is is emotionally driven. Yes. And uh, you are absolutely right that that whenever the minister uh, criticizes uh, the industry, he scores points uh, in a public arena. Um, well, to begin with, I believe that that uh, we we do have a lesson here to learn uh, within the industry that we we must always uh, work with our reputation and we mu must do a lot uh, to to improve the the, uh, the reputation of, of the industry. But uh, uh, but since the motive from the minister, uh, I agree with you is perhaps not so much about customer protection uh, at the bottom line and perhaps no not so much about the well-being of the of the regulation but rather uh, that he receives a lot of positive reactions whenever he, he uh, criticizes uh, the industry i believe that we somehow must remind the government and him about the consequences of doing so uh, and the consequence is that, well, the punters leave. And if the punters leave, then the, the operators leave. And a licensing system without punters and without uh, license holders is not, is, not, uh, is not a licensing system. And I believe that, that uh, obviously it would hurt. Uh, it would hurt Sweden. It would hurt customer protection. It would hurt... Uh, also punters without a gambling problem. It would definitely hurt the operators. Uh, tax income would drop, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so what we are trying to do is, of course, we um, are, are um, communicating all, all that advocacy, but we also uh, are in a dialogue with people that hopefully uh, have a perhaps even better capacity when it comes to, to um, gaining uh, the government's and, and the minister's interest, uh, party members of, of, uh, of the minister, for, to give you one example. Uh, but it, it is indeed a tricky, a tricky uh, thing to, to achieve. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean, this, this, is the, uh, this is the root of the issue, I would assume, that uh, uh, I mean, the, the fact of the matter that the question is so infected in the Swedish society. Do you think that, um, or perhaps this is also something you're working on in parallel to the to the lobbying, um, to also kind of change the image uh, of the gaming uh, organizations in Sweden? Is that something you're also uh, looking into? Yes, but we always focus on uh, being good rather than than how we communicate the industry when we have yeah. to make a decision we always uh, focus on on the real world rather than the world that mm. is uh, perhaps perceived uh, but of course uh, reputation uh, is a is a must uh, shall we shall we survive as as industry because if you have a bad reputation, and I believe that, that we, what we've seen lately is an example of that, if you have a bad reputation, the political risk uh, in, increases. So that is one of many reasons why, why uh, we must do something about uh, the reputation. Mm. And one, if I just may add, uh, yeah, it is 
a particular reason why it's so tricky to work with their with their reputation is that um, the the operators in Sweden uh, actually work with quite different um, terms. For example, we have a state-owned operator mm. uh, that half of its business uh, comes from from monopoly uh, gambling, and uh, quite often their interest is not the same as if you are a privately owned uh, casino operator. For example, the, the, the state-owned operator has uh, suggested that that marketing online casinos should be prohibited. Well. Uh, the, the, the advocacy is that that would be good for, for customer protection, but we can also see, and maybe it should, maybe, maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't, but we can also see that that obviously has a commercial impact. It wouldn't hurt the state-owned operator since, since uh, casino is just a niche product for them, whereas other products that they, that they offer are much, much more important for them. Whereas for, for uh, an online casino operator, that's the whole business. Um, and we, we notice that it's a constant uh, stream of suggestions uh, that verbally uh, is connected to customer protections. But those suggestions always, always, or at least with 99% likability, ha has a connection to to um, commercial uh, benefits. So it's always wise to ask yourself, okay, so this customer protection suggestion, uh, what's the commercial impact for that? Could it perhaps be linked to some kind of, of um, uh, benefit for, for the one who suggested that customer protection uh, regulation? And in 99% of, of the cases, mm. it's always like that. Okay, so so it seems very much that uh, uh, you know the um, the state-run operator Svenska Spel, uh, they kind of get their way, so to say. Uh, it seems a little bit that uh, the the other the other licensed operators are discriminated against uh, in comparison to to Svenska Spel. But doesn't the, this lead back to the um, original uh, reason why? Sweden was being sued on European level um, uh, was the fact that uh, Svenska Spel was not there to protect the, the, uh, the player. They were there to make a profit. And that's why Sweden um, uh, was threatened to be sued on European level. So my question is then, um, if this is now kind of repeating itself, even though the licensing system is in place, is there anything that can be done on European level? Perhaps, uh, but... Uh... To me, it's quite obvious that the European Commission doesn't prioritize uh, gambling law at the moment. Uh, and uh, the European Union has its own problems at the moment. So unfortunately, I, I believe that, that uh, well, perhaps they can, they can achieve something. Uh, but I can't say that I'm super impressed about, about uh, the rule of law uh, when it comes to, to uh, EU law. Uh, I believe that we have to uh, to fight uh, locally in our own jurisdiction as well. Uh, we've seen a number of cases, uh, infringements of both EU law and, and national law when it comes to competition law 
uh, and regulations regarding EU notifications, etc., etc. Uh, but to be honest, it's quite difficult to to uh, convince the EU Commission to to take mm. action. Yeah, of course. So, so I mean, we are in a tricky situation right now with the with the Swedish market. Uh, the uh, the uh, the regulator is uh, very very strict. Uh, you know, they have other intentions in mind than potentially what is the best uh, uh, what is best for the consumer, um, and it's a very tricky situation for the. Um, for the license operators, how how do you see this playing out, Gustav? What what can be done? Like, how do you turn this around? Well, at the end of the day, I believe in facts, and mm. uh, we we will very soon present numbers uh, of how uh, large, or rather, how small <laughs> the channelization will be, mm. should the government decide to proceed with their suggestions. And it will be clear for each and everyone, including the government, that if they decide to proceed, then it will be the end of, of the licensing system, at least when it mm. comes to online casino. And I believe that, that um, even if you, if you are a government and if, even if you are sometimes slightly populistic, you have to listen to, to what is actually going on. Uh, mm because uh, we are all losers should, should the licensing system fail. Mm. Uh, one should also bear in mind that um, the Swedish re-regulation is not uh, only created by the Swedish government. It was in fact something created by all the political parties in uh, the parliament, in the Riksdagen, um, except uh, the left-wing party. So the parliament, it has, uh, it has uh, eight parties and seven out of, of those parties uh, voted uh, for this, for this re-regulation of the gambling market. And I am aware that, that uh, the opposition parties right now are feeling quite frustrated about the fact that the government is, is acting uh, without uh, listening to to uh, the parliament, we have a minority government in Sweden, and and they are every day in the need of of uh, political support from from uh, other political parties in the parliament. Uh, and I, I believe that if 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 political parties, as well as the industry, as well as uh, the academic world, universities, etc. Also, uh, gambling addicts, associations, etc. If, if they all, and that is actually what is going on right now in Sweden, if they all point to the problem that, hey, we are in fact uh, threatening the, the licensing system now with these additional measures, uh, then I believe that we, that we have, a, have a chance of... of uh, uh, not just saving the licensing system, but also to to uh, convince and to to uh, create an environment uh, th that should uh, make it possible for the government to understand that that uh, it's important to create uh, something that is uh, market friendly. And market friendly doesn't 
it's not the same thing as not caring about customer protection. It's actually quite the opposite. It's absolutely possible to create uh, a regulation that uh, protects uh, the customer's rights and protects uh, the needs of, of the problem gamblers and at the same time uh, gains a high channelization. Mm. Yeah, it's it's all about. I mean, it goes back to the question, like you said, to to make them understand that it's in their own political interest. Let's say uh, to play. Let's let's play ball on on their playing field, so to say. Is that it's not just about um, what is best for the consumer and the channelization and, and the and the, the tax revenue that comes in. It is also the uh, on the political level what scores the, like what is best for their individual career, uh, political careers. I mean. Uh, and, and like you're saying, if they understand that this could potentially this could be the end of the licensing system, that is something that can backfire to them politically, obviously, uh, because uh, if uh, the operators would leave, well, then uh, they don't have that much to, uh, to 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 do anymore to restrict the uh, the operators if they are if they are back on the um, outside of the licensing system, so to say. So so. Do, do you think, Gustav, do, like uh, the minister Ardalan Shakarabi, obviously he's a, he's a busy man, he handles uh, not only gam gambling, other questions as well. Uh, does he understand this um, uh, deeply? You know, do, do he understand what, this, uh, what he's doing means long term? I wish I, I had a better insight into his <laughs> brain. I, I do not know. <laughs> I guess uh, so. Yeah. We meet his his uh, undersecretary uh, on regular uh, on a regular mm. basis, um, and at yeah at least I believe that the staff uh, around the minister they understand uh, how hazardous uh, the situation is mm. uh, with the dropping uh, channelization. Uh, but perhaps perhaps that's not the important thing for for the minister, but rather to to um, work with gambling regulated issues for, for some time and then uh, take a further step uh, into, into his career. And if the licensing system crashes uh, in a year or two or three years, uh, it may not be that uh, important or, or uh, uh, it may not be the the main focus for, for the minister, should he have been able to, to move to even more important uh, steps in, in his career. Uh, but we, we, we try to remind him of, yeah. of uh, uh, the political uh, aspect of this as well, that it may actually backfire on, on, uh, on the government's and, and the minister's career. Uh, but, exactly. I, yeah, but I must also say that, that uh, a politician has a responsibility, and it feels almost silly to say this, but, but a, polit a politician has a responsibility towards their reality. <laughs> you cannot give your own political career higher priority compared to actually making things better. And if you sacrifice uh, the licensing system and the, all the customer protection within the licensing system, for example, the self-exclusion system. The self-exclusion system doesn't work if, if the punter doesn't gamble within the licensing system. Mm. Then you sacrifice a lot for, for your own uh, political ambition. And uh, I believe that is a wrong path to, to, uh, uh, yeah. to choose. 
So that, that leads to that leads into another question as well um, uh, uh, about the um, the the quick loans uh, industry, which is also huge in Sweden. Uh, if I understand it correctly, the the quick loans with um, kind of very high interest uh, is is also a big problem in Sweden. Um, a much bigger problem, I would say, than the gaming industry, which is an entertainment industry as, uh, mm. in its uh, essence. Um, so, um, why is it that the quick loan industry is not regulated? Why isn't there like a like a spell pause, but for the this quick credit, like a credit pause, where you can exclude yourself from these quick loans, for example? That is a brilliant idea, and we have suggested that several times. Uh, I don't know why, <laughs> but but we have suggested uh, a self. Is it is it because it's not that uh, looked down upon in, in society yet? You know, just like yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, when it comes to gambling, you have um, gambling addictions associations, a number of them, and they are of course extremely strong in their advocacy. Uh, Whereas uh, I haven't seen uh, an association for quick loan addicts uh, yet. <laughs> um, uh, so it's pretty much silent when it comes to, to this dilemma. Very strange, isn't it? I mean, the, the, this has been, the quick loans has been there for a long time as well. I mean, um, a similar time frame as the online gaming industry and, and still it hasn't picked up the same. I agree. Yeah. So that is one thing that we have suggested to, to regulate uh, the well financial institutions in general and, and the quick loans in, in particular. Uh, we have also highlighted the importance of the B2B licenses because we, we noticed that, that uh, B2B companies uh, still sell their products to unlicensed operators. And... Uh, uh, we, we believe that that could be uh, an important measure. A, a B2B license could be an important measure in protecting uh, the licensing system as well. Yeah, that's, a, that's another question, right? Because um, right now, uh, before I go, go on, I just wanted to give a little shout out to Jonas, who, who, who suggested this question in regards to the quick loans. Uh, thank you, Jonas. Really appreciate that. Um, but yes, uh, like you mentioned, the B2B licenses. So right now, it seems that the operators are carrying all the burden um, let's say the um, the the affiliates are are uh, 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 I'm, I'm talking globally now that kind of the affiliates are roaming freely the the um, uh, the slot machine producers the, the game producers they are uh, they have kind of escaped this uh, regulation a little bit as well and it's kind of business as usual um, how what like what role do they play in all of this well, let me, let, me start with say, yeah, let me start with saying that many B2B uh, companies uh, have voluntarily decided to, to not offer their products to unlicensed operators, regardless mm. of, of the legislation. So they are, in fact, taking a, a, a big responsibility, a responsibility that, that is not taken by, by the state. Is that a pure ethical uh, decision from them, or do, or, or do they have any kind of, is there anything behind that? So I can imagine that they also receive pressure from licensed operators that, yeah. that uh, is course. not offering a level playing field should mm. they uh, uh, sell their products to, to the black market. And after all, the licensed market uh, is uh, larger than, than, uh, than the black market. Mm. So 
it's likely that they receive a lot of pressure from, from the licensed operators as well. But uh, I, I do believe that uh, this could be functioning. But, but what I really want to stress is, is when we talk about all those uh, repressive measures, uh, there are a lot of suggestions, maybe IP blocking, maybe payment blocking, maybe blocking of this and that. Kind of like uh, no, what Norway are doing. So quite exactly. Correct. And yeah. Norway is actually a brilliant example of, of my point here. Yeah. <laughs> and my point is that uh, you can never build up a, a successful licensing system being repressive. Mm. The only way to be successful is that you actually allow the licensed operators to offer attractive uh, offers within the licensing system. Norway, as you mentioned, has, well, they've been trying to build up several uh, uh, walls uh, for their own, uh, for their own uh, legal jurisdiction, but it just doesn't work. Uh, so the message to... to uh, why, why, why doesn't it work, if you may explain? So they are trying to block. Uh, they are trying to block uh, addresses. They are trying to block credit uh, suppliers and stuff. Why is that not working? Because there will always be an attractive uh, offer from an unlicensed operator only a few seconds away from your computer or from your smartphone, uh, and the punters know this, uh, and they will find. Uh, paths that are going around any kind of any kind of uh, regulation that that tries to stop them. Uh, this message may sound a bit pess pessimistic, but one shall bear in mind that it is absolutely possible to uh, reach a high channelization if you allow the licensed operators to offer. Uh, popular gambling within the licensing system. I believe that's the reason why uh, the UK uh, has a 95% channelization, that they actually, at least historically, allowed the punters to, to uh, sorry, the, the operators to offer attractive uh, offers to, to the punters. Yeah, and and the, I understand this is difficult for, for any kind of legislator to balance because on the other hand, on one hand, you, you want uh, a, a super strict uh, customer protection, but on the other hand, you also has to you you also have to offer uh, the punters an uh, attractive uh, gambling environment. And the tricky thing for for any legislator is to find a balance between those two entities. Uh, and that's the the at least for the moment the big failure in Sweden that the restriction has gone too far. And when, when the, uh, the restrictions are going too far, you actually lose uh, also when it comes to customer protection. So you have to accept a certain degree of attractiveness uh, in, the, in the licensing system to actually, to actually uh, uh, protect and obtain a high channelization. Channelization is not a customer protection uh, measure in itself, but it's uh, it is what it's it's the fundament. Channelization is the fundament of every uh, customer protection measure, because if the punters are not there, you won't reach them with with your uh, fantastic uh, customer protection tools. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's a great comment, Gustav, and, I, and uh, I guess you can summarize it kind of in a way that uh, yes, you need to you need to find that balance between customer protection and um, uh, the, the 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 attractive offers for them to stay within the licensing system, um, but also then to balance that against the public opinion. Uh, you know, as from the politician's point of view, and how can they implement these measures, especially in the situation Sweden are in now, to yeah. kind of uh, allow gambling to increase? And so, so yes. how, so for you as for US, like, like, how do you, like, what, what changes would you lobby for at the moment? How do you see? What, at, what, the mo at the moment, we are lobbying for a withdrawal of the latest uh, suggested measures from from the government. They, uh, last Friday, they, the government suggested um, a deposit limit of 5,000 Swedish krona, a weekly uh, deposit limit. Uh, and it is targeting uh, online casino only. Uh, there is also a, a, a more restrictive uh, bonus regulation that we, that we also target at the moment. So we are, we are not so, um, well, uh, we are quite focusing now at the moment on what is going on right now, right here. Um, and that is what we are focusing on. And our main advocacy is that we have shown, um, we have found scientifically based numbers that the channelization will go down to uh, almost 50% uh, should the government continue with those measures. And uh, we hope that, that uh, the government will listen to that, to that argument. How how have you come to that conclusion or that the channelization to fifty percent? If I may ask, so this is very similar to what it was before the regulation. We have asked an independent consultancy firm to do the math, uh, and they have uh, come to to uh, to that conclusion. It's not exactly fifty percent, but slightly above fifty percent. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. So, uh, so that's a that's a huge drop from where we are now when you, when you're really talking about kind of like 80 uh, percent where we are now or 75 percent or something like that and um, that will naturally be that will naturally mean um, a, a huge cut into the into the revenue of the licensed operators right now especially those who have Sweden as their main market yes um, and, and, I just and, want to stress that this is uh, only uh, regarding online casino whereas yeah. trotting and, and sports betting etc will uh, will have uh, higher uh, channelization numbers uh, regardless of what the government uh, yeah. does or doesn't yeah but it's, it still seems to me that uh, with this um, uh, with this uh, stricter measures that uh, this could be kind of what tips the scale for some operators to even leave the market uh, should should the government uh, go through with these uh, changes or yes i agree and and from a governmental uh, point of view that uh, would cause some problems should some operators leave but they should be more concerned about lost customer protection since yep. the punters are elsewhere and and to some extent that that they uh, also are losing uh, tax income uh, if half the market is somewhere else you you also you also uh, lose uh, income uh, from from uh, well tax income and uh, during these hard times I have met few governments that are not interested in, in gaining tax. <laughs> yeah, interesting. So uh, uh, we're running uh, out of time. It's uh, really interesting to, to, uh, to hear your opinions on where Sweden is going in, in general. So I have one last uh, question for you. So 
So let's say now, Gustav, you, you go into, uh, into politics and all of, all of a sudden you are the replacement of Ardalan Chekarabi. Tomorrow you, you go into the, into the government and now, now you are in charge. What, uh, what will be your agenda? I would begin with uh, creating a level playing field. Uh, and I believe it's super important that the state is the referee. Uh, the state uh, shall not be suspected of doing anything out of the interest of the whole nation. And uh, with that belief, I believe it uh, is impossible to be the referee and at the same time an aggressive player on, on the commercial market. So my first step would probably be to, to uh, uh, privatize uh, the state-owned operator Svenska Spel. Uh, because I simply believe that, that uh, the state has a unique task, and that is to, to set the regulations and to be a tough judge when, when uh, uh, operators are infringing uh, those, those uh, regulations. But as it stands right now, the state is not just a judge, not just a referee, but it is in fact a player in the same game. <laughs> and uh, it's extremely difficult in such environment to create a level playing field. So I think that would be my, my very first step. So uh, yeah, actually, I'm going to lead up with another question following that. So th this is, this is um, very much the strategy that the, uh, the right-wing party had when they took uh, government in 2008 uh, to, to privatize some of the state-owned um, industries. For example, uh, the, the pharmacy was a monopoly, it turned out not to be a monopoly anywhere. Do, do you think that if the right-wing government would uh, take over in the next election, uh, well, one, would they be a lot more easier to work with? Uh, and two, do you think that uh, they would consider to, to sell off uh, Svenska Spel? They would probably consider it, but, but uh, uh, that's not the same thing as saying as that they would do something. Uh, one shall remember that, that uh, we've had uh, a couple of uh, center-right-wing governments in Sweden, but uh, none of those governments took any initiative to abandon the monopoly, but rather they did their best to, to protect the monopoly. So I may have been harsh against, against this government and Ardalan Shekarabi, but uh, one shall uh, applaud him for the fact that he actually took the initiative to, to uh, introduce the licensing system. Mm. But, but uh, we can of course remember that, that uh, a decade ago, uh, Sweden was one of the largest uh, liquor producers in the world because the state of Sweden owned the quite famous brand Absolute Vodka. Um, and it was uh, a center-right-wing government in Sweden that decided that, well, maybe producing alcohol is not the core business of, of, uh, of a government. Uh, <laughs> so they, they took this initiative to, to uh, uh, sell uh, AB Vino Sprit, the, the, the parent company of, of uh, Absolute Vodka, to uh, French liquor producer Pernod Ricard. And yes, I believe that, that um, the likability of, of uh, of an initiative like the one uh, that the center-right-wing government took a decade ago to sell absolute vodka, the likability is probably higher uh, that such initiative will be taken by a center-right-wing company compared to, uh, to a social democratic government.
Great, Gustav. Thank you so much. We will close on that note so that uh, when you, when next time you open a bottle of Absolute Vodka, the most Swedish vodka in the world, it's not Swedish anymore, basically. <laughs> it's made in southern Sweden. I, I just want to stress that. So it's still made of wheat right. from, from southern Sweden, but it's actually owned by the French. Uh, and I like the French, so it's, it's quite all right. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Gustav, thank you so much for coming on today. It's, uh, it's uh, really interesting to listen to, and I'm sure that uh, there is a lot more to come in this discussion um, and should the, the situation develop I, I'd love to hear a follow-up on this as well um, but uh, for now I wish you a great day and uh, also thank you to everyone who tuned in uh, so uh, so yeah take care Gustav and uh, I hope to see you soon hope to see you soon as well thank you very much thank you